0: All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you, O oh God, for this day, for this night. Thank you for your grace, this great opportunity to stand before your people behind your sacred desk. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, use my mouth. We pray, O oh God, that you would help us to um, worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, forgive us for all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us to be men of the word, not only in word, but also in deed. We pray, Lord, that you would meet everyone where they Have a need, Lord, according to your riches and glory as we first seek your kingdom and all your righteousness, and you will add all things unto us, Lord. We thank you, O God, that we need need so much, Lord, in our lives. We need more strength. We need more um, love. We need more of you, Father. Lord, do a work tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's get it going. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, oh what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of His Spirit. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. You may see it. With the help of the Lord, of course, this is the long-awaited lesson that we have all been awaiting and looking forward to. Um, I am no scholar, um, but we're going to teach what thus saith the Lord and with the Lord's help. Tonight is just introduction, introduction to Daniel. We can't ju- jump into a book like this without introducing some things that will set the stage, hopefully, and help us. Um, I apologize for not having all the, uh, the timelines that will be before you. I'll try to work on that. But um, for those who have a pen and a pad, um, please write some dates down. I'm going to be going through some dates. Uh, but as a springboard, let's just read the chapter 1 uh, of Daniel. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, in whom there and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's de- delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave name. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs and the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my Lord, the king who has appointed your food and drink for why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my life before the king. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hannah, Naiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servant for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you in the appearance of the young men who eat the portions of the king delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this manner and tested them 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter and flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus, the steward took away the, their portions of delicacies and the wines that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for those, these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Nazariah. Therefore, they, they served before the king, and in all manner of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found him ten times better than all the magicians, astrologers who were in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Father God, Lord, we, we ask, O oh God, that you would give me the words to say. We pray, O oh God, that you would increase as I decrease. Give me the gift of teaching. We thank you, O oh God, for your word. We thank you for the book of Daniel revealed to us what you would have us to know that we may may be the mighty men of valor that you called us to, to be at such a time as this. We thank you, O God, for the grace of God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. It's because of the resurrected King, the one who died on Calvary, the one that was buried and that rose from the dead, Jesus Christ, Our Lord, our Savior, who makes it possible this night to stand at this desk on this assignment to speak to your people. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. When we look at the divisions of the Bible, there are five divisions of the Old Testament. There is law. History, poetry, major prophets, and minor prophets. There's five books of law. There's 12 books of history. There's five books of poetry. There's five books of major prophets. And there's 12 books of minor prophets. The style of Revelation and the book of Ezekiel and Daniel is what you would call apocalyptic literature. Apocalyptic literature. Meaning, it is the style of writing which comes from the Greek word apocalypsis, which means an uncovering or to unveil its discourse is to uncover or to unveil. Thus the word revelation which which we get the word to reveal the word reveal is in the word revelation. So when we think about the book of Ezekiel and Daniel and Revelation, and Revelation, these are books that unveil God's truth and word for such a time as this. The reason why some have said that this book, some have said that the book of Daniel, in order to understand the book of Revelation, we must understand the book of Daniel. Daniel is a key part, Daniel and Ezekiel is key parts to understanding the book of Revelation. Our pastor is going, he's taking the church through the book of Revelation. And it's not a coincidence. It's God ordained. I I, I, I mentioned to Pastor Jim long before I even knew that he was going through the book of Revelation that God had placed on my heart to go through the book of Daniel. It is here in the book of Daniel. It has been said that we can see Jewish symbolism and we also see some Jewish numerology. These help us in understanding the book of revelation. We're going to go through a little history tonight for you history buffs in 1410 BC. And, and as I decline in numbers, as we talk about the future, it goes from 1410 and, and which would be the past and, and in 14 uh, or, or 1060 would be the future. Okay, just like we have today, we have 2023, we got 2024, which is we count above. Right. But before Christ or um, we count below and that's the future uh, dates in under B.C. So we start with the date 1410 B.C. This was around when Joshua led Israel to the land of Canaan. And for the next three centuries or so, Israel will conquer nations and expand territory. So this is 1410, if you want to write that down, 1410 B.C., 1410 B.C. At 1060 B.C., Saul becomes the first king under the United Kingdom. Saul is the first king of Israel under the United Kingdom. That's 1060 BC or 1060 BC. In 1020 BC, future, David becomes king and he extends the borders of Israel to the Egyptian border to the south, then to the Euphrates River up north. And then uh, from the Mediterranean Sea, which is to the west, to the east, to the desert region. So if you look at the southern part, desert going to Egypt, to the north Euphrates River, and then to the west to the Mediterranean Sea and into the desert part of, of Israel. That's where King David expanded the territory of Israel. In 980 B.C. future, Solomon becomes king for 40 years. So 980 B.C., King Solomon, which is King David's son, he becomes king of Israel. And he reigns for 40 years where they enjoyed, uh, it was a period of peace and prosperity. Also during this time, uh, the first temple was built. The first temple was built under the reign and rulership of King Solomon. Another future date in 940 B.C. after Solomon dies, the kingdom was divided. A civil war broke out. This is when the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom could have been seen we see 10 tribes to the north, which is called Israel. And we see two tribes to the south comprised of Benjamin and uh, Judah, which comprises of the southern kingdom. Now, the tribe in the north, the northern kingdom, they went through several capitals. They had at least three, three capital cities that were uh, at the time of the northern kingdom. It was Shechem, one, Penuel, two, and Tizra, three. There's three different capitals, thus which speaks of the uh, inconsistency of what was taking place in the northern kingdom. Now, this was a time during the divided kingdom. this was a time of high infidelity. In idolatry and rebellion against Yahweh, um, the Northern Kingdom, they rebelled. Uh, and many kings rebelled. They didn't have a, a whole lot of righteous kings. Uh, the Southern Kingdom rebelled as well. Um, they had they had evil kings as well in the Southern King. So during the divided King Kingdom, when they split. Because of a civil war after King Solomon, because of of the sins that that occurred, um, there was great division and turmoil, but it was also a time of unrest in the land. Another future date, in 722 BC, the nation or world power at that time was the Assyrians. I'm going to say it one more time. In 722 B.C., the nation or world power at that time were the Assyrians. Their capital, the Assyrian capital, was the capital of Nineveh. It was the capital of Nineveh. If you recall, uh, God had to use a, a great fish or a whale to lift or uber his prophet Jonah <laughs> To Nineveh. If you guys remember that, Jonah was rebellious in going to Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrians, because they were so cruel. They were enemies to Israel. As a matter of fact, they were downright pest towards the Israelite, towards God's people. But we see. According to Scripture, uh, God's grace, in spite of even the worst kinds of sinners, that God has a plan of salvation for each and every soul that comes to the earth. We see it in the Old Testament, and we surely see it in the New Testament with the Scripture that sums up God's love for the world. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we see God's plan, even in the Old Testament, is Christ-centered with man in mind, in view. The Assyrians were straight-up murderers. I mean, They wreak havoc for the Israelite people. Um, The Assyrians, when they conquered a nation, their method of submission was to take the people to another nation, not their home, force them to intermarry. They brought foreigners into uh, the conquered land, and the foreigners, they wanted them to mix with the locals. And and in doing so, the reason why they brought foreigners to mix with the locals, in particular, uh, the Assyrians, they brought um, other people, foreigners, into the northern kingdom, and they wanted them to intermingle with the Israelites in the northern kingdom, which they did. They, They wanted to mix the Jewish nation, the remaining those who remained in the land. And the reason why they did this was to dilute the bloodline. They wanted to dilute the bloodline. They wanted to strip the people of their culture and heritage. Well, these mixed Jews in the north, we know them as Samaritans. Samaritans were, if you didn't know it, they were very despised people. Even in the time of Jesus doing the gospels. They were despised people because they were a mixed bloodline between foreigners and the Jews. The second reason why, uh, so they were despised. That's the first reason why they were not liked. They were despised because they had mixed mixed blood. They had mixed blood. The second reason why they were despised was because the people in the north, these mixed people, these the Samaritans, they mixed parts of Judaism with parts of paganism meaning they mixed religion they mixed this was kind of like a cultish in foundation and they just was downright apostate so that was the second reason why they were hated and despised the third reason why the samaritans were hated and despised was because the samaritans are this mixed jewish Community would join up with foreign nations and fight with or against the southern kingdom of Judah. So you see, it was bad blood between the north and the south, and rightfully so. Another future date 612 BC. 612 BC. Let me know if I'm going too fast. 612 BC. This is the date that the Babylonians destroyed the capital city of Nineveh and became the world power shortly thereafter. So around 612, this is when Babylon comes on the scene and becomes the world power of that day. Another future date, 606 B.C., 606 B.C., The Babylonian army led by the future king, who was a prince at the time, Nebuchadnezzar, captured Jerusalem. And this is when he carries away some nobles, uh, some of the royal bloodline of David and some leaders to Babylon. So this is around the same time. He's prince slash king at this time. This begins the 70-year captivity prophesied by Jeremiah the prophet. And Jeremiah prophesies about this 20 years prior to when the Babylonians comes and takes a few Jewish people to Babylon. Okay? Now, we can find this found in Jeremiah chapter 25, Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 25 just for the sake of argument. Amen. We're a Bible-believing church, so we're going to go verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept. Amen. All right. Hold your place in Daniel if you can, uh, because we're going to go back to Daniel. All right, it reads, Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 1. It says, the word of... The word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah. So we we see that the prophecy is toward the southern kingdom of Israel concerning all the people of Judah. In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, which was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying... From the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, even to this day, this is the 23rd year in which the word of the Lord has come to me. And I've spoken to you, rising early and speaking, but you have not listened. And the Lord has sent to you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, but you have not listened nor inclined your ear to hear. They said, Repent now, everyone, of his evil way in his evil doing, and dwell in the land that the Lord has given you and your fathers forever and ever. Do not go after other gods to serve them and worship them, and do not provoke me to anger with the works of your hand, and I will not harm you. Yet you have not listened to me, says the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. Verse 8. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, because you have not heard my words. Behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land, against its inhabitants, against these nations all around, and will utterly destroy them and make them in astonishment, a hissing, and a perpetual desolation. Verse 10. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of myrrh and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the milestones and the light of the lamp. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Verse 12. Then it will come to, then it will come to pass when 70 years are completed... That I will punish the king of Babylon and the nations in the land of the Chaldeans for their iniquity, saith the Lord. And I will make it a perpetual desolation. Verse 13. So I will bring on the land all my words, which I have pronounced against it, all that is written in this book, which Jeremiah has prophesied concerning all the nations. For many nations and great kings shall shall be served by them also. And I will repay them according to their deeds and according to the works of their hand. The word of the Lord by Jeremiah. Turn back to Daniel, please. So we see in the book of uh, Jeremiah, the prophecy concerning the 70 year captivity because of the sins of idolatry of the people, our nation of Israel as a whole. Unlike the Assyrians, the Babylonian strategy to conquer people was not to scatter people or uproot them totally from their heritage. The Babylonians would take the brightest or the cream of the crop of the nation. um, They would educate them in language, art, literature, culture, and train them to think and act like Babylonians. They would change their names. Uh, They would send these loyal, trained people. conquered people back to their homelands as leaders and have them influence the Babylonian culture to their homeland people. So the Assyrians and the Babylonians, they had different strategies of conquering and maintaining order or rulership, uh, which were totally different. But I wanted to bring that up. So we see God's hand throughout Their 70 years of captivity, God had Daniel in in the palace. He had Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel in Babylon, living among the captives and ministering to the people. Then he had Jeremiah ministering or prophesying to the people or that remnant that was left in Judah. So Daniel, the prophet, is in the palace. Ezekiel, the prophet, is in Babylon amongst the people, living amongst the people, ministering to the people, the captives in Babylon. And then Jeremiah is in the homeland ministering to the remnant that was still among in left in Judah. You guys see that? The different roles of the prophets is very important. That's, I'm saying that and reiterating that because many times we don't understand the roles of different prophets who are... Um, Living at the same time period or overlapping. All right. Next date, future date. 586 BC, 586 BC, 20 years after the king of Judah was put in charge by the Babylonians, he rebelled. This king that rebelled was king none other than King Zedekiah. King Zedekiah. He didn't want to be under the thumb or rulership of the Babylonians, so he rebelled. And the Babylonians came uh, for a third siege, and this time they destroyed the temple and burned the city to the ground. They burned the temple that Solomon had built. You guys see it? That's the first burning, destroying of the temple. All right. Next date, next future date, 539 B.C., 539 B.C., and they're recording this, so if you guys don't write it down, hopefully you guys can get the tape. 539 B.C. is the next world power that comes on the scene is the Medes under the leadership of Cyrus. We just read in Daniel. Daniel, his prophecy, he wrote until Cyrus the king, okay?, So Cyrus is the king coming from the Medes. So it's during this time that Cyrus releases the Jews and they return to their homeland. He provides help, resources, financial help to rebuild the temple and the city. You guys got that? Next future date, next future date, 534 B.C., This is approximately around the time when Daniel, he dies in Babylon. Of which time that Daniel died, this was controlled by the Medes, by the Medes. Let me know if I'm going too fast. Next future date, 532 B.C., 532 B.C., from about 500 B.C. to about 332 B.C., so about from 500 B.C. to about 332 B.C., uh, the Medes and the Persians would share world power, so you have the Medo-Persian Empire. You have that Medo-Persian Empire, okay? It's during the reign of the Persian kings, that the city and the temple is rebuilt. So it's during the reign of the Persian kings that the city and the temple is rebuilt. It starts with the Medes, but during the Persian king, uh, kings, that's when we see the temple and the city of Jerusalem is actually rebuilt. Okay? So that would be the second temple. Ezra, the prophet during this time Ezra the prophet establishes the law remember the book of law is read Ezra uh, established the, the book established the law Malachi the prophet the prophet Malachi he begins to prophesy to the people who resettled in Jerusalem so this is well after the captivity right this is after 70 year captivity So Ezra, the prophet established the law. Malachi, the prophet begins to prophesy to the people who resettled in Jerusalem and Nehemiah. uh, He rebuilds the wall. This all happens between 486 B.C. to about 400 B.C. Okay, this all happens around 486 B.C. to, to about 400 B.C. Next future date, 400 B.C., we see the city, the temple, and the wall is rebuilt. Now, at 400 B.C., this is where the Old Testament history ends. So this is the end of the book of Malachi at 400 B.C. So this is about four centuries before Christ, before the New Testament, okay? So this is called the silent years from 400 to A.D., 0 A.D., or or the first year of our Lord, okay? So at 400 B.C., the prophet Malachi, this is when his ministry stops, okay? Some more world history, future date, another future date. At 331 B.C., at 331 B.C., we see Alexander the Great. He conquers Persia, and Greece becomes the world power. Greece becomes the world power. Next future date, next future date, 323 B.C., 323 B.C., Alexander the Great, he dies. It's rumored that he died of a broken heart because he could he didn't have any more nations to conquer. Yeah. That's the rumor. That's the rumor, Mill. Next future date. Next future date. 146 BC. You see how we're getting closer to zero? The future. At 146 B.C., Rome destroys Carthage. Rome destroys Carthage and puts an end to Greek dominance. They put an end. This is the Roman. The Rome, they put an end to Greek dominance. Rome becomes the new world power for the next 500 years. So when Christ was on the scene, Rome was in power. The Roman Empire was in, was in power. Now, there's a story behind all these dates and everything that I'm sharing with you tonight. Behind all this information is a message I would like us to see. We actually covered, if you guys wrote down the dates, if you look at the first date I gave you, 14-something, right? All the way down. We, we covered about 1,400 years of world history Uh, Just tonight uh, in in a short period of time. And the reason why I say that is because when we go through verse by verse and book by book, I mean, chapter by chapter in Daniel. I wanted you guys to, to have a worldwide view of the history that took place over 1400 years. Okay. Daniel is a story of the Jews, the Jewish people who were destroyed by foreign armies people are carried off into captivity ezekiel and daniel write about their situation while in captivity in babylon right second daniel is a story of worldwide kingdoms that in their rise and fall to power we spoke about history the history of the assyrians right we spoke about the history of the babylonians right we spoke about the medes and the persian history We spoke about the Greek history briefly, and we spoke about the Roman history. These five world powers uh, that came and that was during the life of Israel at the time. Now, the Bible don't speak about all these world histories, but I thought it to be important for us to cover this so we can have a better uh, outlook on the timelines and and when we go through. March through the book of Daniel together. Number three, the book of Daniel points to God's plan for His people through the King of King and Lord of Lord, our Messiah. So the book of Daniel points to a coming kingdom that will reign forever and ever. Amen. Now, for an outline for this book for you, for those who want to take notes, and outline for it is pretty simple. For you Bible students, the book of Daniel can be divided in really into two parts. We're going to it can divide in three, but we're going to divide them in two parts for the sake of of, um, association. Right. Memory association where we learn. Uh, The first part is the personal life, the personal life of Daniel, the personal life of Daniel. That's found in chapters one through six, chapters one through six, the personal life of Daniel. The second division of the book of Daniel is is it speaks of the prophecy of Daniel, the prophecy of Daniel. And that's found in chapter seven through 12. So the, the book can be divided verses one through six and then uh, seven through 12. We know that Daniel, he was Jewish, an Israelite. He wrote the book of Daniel, although many naysayers say he did not. He did write it. We, we know that so because the dead sea, crow, sea scrolls, those who went to Israel this year, uh, we, it proves it, that it was written. It was not written in the first century uh, when Christ was around, um, but it was actually written years before. So Daniel, we know Daniel wrote uh, and prophesied about these kingdoms and about Israel. Now, we also know that Daniel... Uh, He wrote this book, the book of Daniel was written, if you want to write this down, the book of Daniel was written from around 606 B.C. to about 534 B.C. until his death. Around that time, we know he wrote it somewhere in there during his lifetime. Daniel's spiritual gifts were interpreting dreams. Uh, Daniel was smart and brilliant, but that was not the reason why he was in the King Nebuchadnezzar's palace, his gift, his God-given gift that God had given him was to interpret dreams, one, understand visions, two, and understand prophecy, understand prophecy. The book of Daniel was written in Aramaic and Hebrew for you, for you guys wanting to know that. Last but not least, I'll I'll stop with this because we're pretty much done with our introduction for tonight. The book of Daniel, this is a, a life about a young man who was courageous as a lion, but he did not compromise even in captivity. You can close your Bibles. That's the message for tonight. For us men of valor. To be like Daniel, to be courageous, he was courageous in a time that he lived in, but without compromise, even in the midst of captivity. We live in a day, we live in a time period that men of Christ are compromising. They're cowards, they're not courageous. God is calling each and every man, young man, to be mighty men of valor, to be courageous without compromise. You say, preacher, how can we compromise? Well, if we allow the idolatry of iPhones and entertainment to occupy our time and not get in God's word to study his word, apply his word, we will become cowards. We will compromise. We will not be Courageous. If we allow this world system to dictate, if we allow our wives to lead us to not come to church instead of leading our families to come to church, we'll become cowards, compromisers, and not courageous. Daniel was a man that had a backbone. God is looking for us, us men, us young men, to have a back- backbone. To not compromise with uh, sex outside of marriage, fornication. He wants us to be holy, blameless. He, he's calling for a church to be called out of darkness, to be holy. I challenge you tonight. If you're a man that do not re- read your Bible, if you're a young man, do not read your Bible every day. If you do not pray, if you are a coward in some things, in sharing the gospel at a grocery store or to your family members, perhaps it could be because you have not been consecrating yourself in God's word. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, oh God, for Jesus Christ. He was crucified on our behalf. We thank you, O oh God, for Jesus. We thank you for Daniel, who was courageous, without compromise. He stood in a time that many would have thrown in the towel. We thank you, O oh God, that we look forward to the study and the growth and the simple understanding of your word, that we may grow into the men that you called us to be. To be the priest of our house, to be mighty men of valor. Lord, we repent tonight. We too have, are guilty of being cowards at time and compromising at time, and we ask, O oh God, that you would consecrate us with your word today, to live for you. Help us to crucify our flesh daily, to take up our cross. And follow Jesus. Help us to be men. To compel men. To come to Jesus Christ. To share the gospel. We ask oh God that you would. Give us strength through your Holy Spirit. Ignite the church. Ignite the heart of these men. To have a backbone. To stand. At such a time as this. At a time where. Many are leaving the church. Leaving the faith. Many are not sharing the gospel at a time where there's lukewarm churches around us, rampant everywhere. At a time where prosperity gospel, at a time where homosexuality is rampant. At a time where the apostate church is here and seen in view. Help us to be the church called out without compromise. To be not conformed to this world, but be be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we made it prove that what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. We thank you, O God, for your gospel truth. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that used me tonight for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.